Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Higher Love, the podcast that poses the question, what if we quit falling in love and instead chose to rise in love? I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and this is a podcast series about love, yes, but a huge piece of the love puzzle is dating. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, but we've spent most of 2020 knee-deep in a pandemic, making dating a little trickier than we'd anticipated. If finding love feels further away than ever, and you're slipping in and out of, oh, I'm fine, and am I going to be single forever? Settle in, get your pen and notebook ready, because this podcast series is going to guide you into finding not just any love, but a higher love, pandemic and all. Hello and welcome to episode seven of Higher Love. Now, I want to hear across the telepathic airwaves that after last week's episode, you've either gotten yourself on a dating app, if you weren't on one already, tidied up your dating app profile if you've been using them with no luck, or at the very least have opened up to the idea of using one if you're still hell-bent against it. If you fall into the latter group, I feel like today's episode might just get you over the line. We're going to hear less from the women today and more from me, which is either a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) We will find out. Um, I'm going to share a bunch of helpful tips for getting the most out of the apps, but also how to set up a date the old-fashioned way. We're going to have a look at dating friends of friends and dating strangers. Plus, the women went through a 14-day experiment that I'd love you to have a crack at too, and we'll find out how they went. But first, following on from last week's episode, where we basically tore apart bios and profile pics so that we could expertly craft a killer dating app profile for you, let's hear some dating app stories from the women, the good and the bad. So we have a full spectrum of what's out there. And then from this place, I can teach you how to get the most out of them. I wanted to practice being really upfront about what I was looking for because I don't think we do that enough. And I'm all about being a direct Danny. And so this one guy and I decided to dedicate a whole video date to it. And he was really up for letting it all hang out. And he just hit me with the full frontal honesty. Um, He talked about adding to his roster, you know, benching girls, keeping it casual and not catching feels or flogging a dead horse. Um, He was a bit of a pig, but an honest pig, which I really appreciated. So I kind of walked away going, yeah, nah, but like, thank you. Like, thanks for being real honest. Part of you is, like, really impressed that 
they're just themselves. Like that's actually a value that I look for is they're comfortable enough to be themselves. But whether that self version of who they are aligns with what you're looking for (laughs) is a completely different story. So usually I'm super picky with guys. I go through the um, photos really carefully. I'll try to find them on Instagram, see like what they really look like. Once there was a guy, I could barely see him in this in his photos. I just got a good vibe. Anyway, I ended up meeting him and he was just so not my usual type. He was like a little bit short, a little bit skinny, super chilled out, like surfer guy, really relaxed. And I had a really good time and we ended up, I think only hanging out just for that whole weekend, but we just had a great time and I was like, if it wasn't for the app, I never would have met this guy. If he approached me in a bar, I would just be like, no. So, it, yeah, it did open my eyes that you've got to give people a go sometimes. I did lunch with my girlfriends and my girlfriend spoke to me about this guy that she's currently seeing. She showed us a photo because always must see the photo and spoke about how they've been seeing each other for a while and enjoying company and everything and – then I checked my apps and he's liked me and I had to tell my friend because awkward I mean I'm not going to like him back I'm not going to match with him but also it felt like when she was talking about him that they were almost exclusive and she was quite enjoying that high and then I had to be the one to bring her down because he's liked my page for us to match but he's also put up a photo that she took of him because he looks good in it so I had to send her pictures of his profile and, yeah, it kind of broke her a little bit. She went out on another date with someone else that night. I think a lot of women tell themselves that a good guy is hard to find, especially on the apps. And one of the things that I found was, like, there are old school gentlemen out there that do exist. Chivalry is not dead. Uh, I went on this lovely date where it was raining so hard But this guy decided to veer away from where he lived to walk me to my door despite curfew. And he was like lovely enough to send a thank you text and didn't treat me like a number. He treated me as a person. So I think women need to work on that story. I just want to give Beck an opportunity to clarify what curfew she was adhering to at the time of recording. So in Melbourne, we are in stage four lockdown, which means that you have an hour every day to go out and exercise. You have to be home by 8 p.m. or you turn into a pumpkin and you've got to wear a mask, which makes you look like a pumpkin. Okay. So yes, sometimes you'll meet great people and sometimes you'll meet not so great people on the apps. But the exact same thing can be said for the people you meet out at bars or at your best friend's barbecue. So just as I said in the previous episode, if you're serious about dating and you'd like to start ASAP, then dating apps are a really easy and efficient way to set up a date. So how can we do it better? I believe there is a way to use apps that doesn't make you feel like shit enables you to weed out the bad from the potentials, and that doesn't zap you of all of your energy. And it comes down to using the dating apps consciously and with intention. Let's start with swiping. 
When I first hopped on the dating apps, I thought they were so superficial, so I vowed to distribute my swipes fairly. I told myself, thou shalt not judge them by their lack of good lighting, inability to take a decent selfie, or poor choice of footwear. But before I knew it, I'd spent half an hour, I'd never get back, swiping left. That means no way, no how. On a bunch of men I knew nothing about. And here we run into a common dating app double standard. Please do not judgeth me on my pictures, but I most certainly will judgeth you. As time passed, I loosened up a little. I'd give poor pics a right swipe if their bios were funny or clever. I'd also throw a decent picture a swipe even if their bio was a little lacklustre. And truth be told, this is when dating apps got good. Because you know what I figured out? Sometimes great humans are shit at writing nice things about themselves and taking decent photos. Here are some more swiping tips I think will open up the pool of potentials for you. I just want to add that there are many different dating apps and these days it doesn't always come down to swiping. But for the context of these tips, a right swipe means yes, I like this person, and left swipe means no way, no how. So let's start off. Set aside 10 minutes a day for swiping purposes. That's it, no more. You don't actually need more. When we sit there mindlessly swiping for hours on end, there's no intention behind it. Read bios even if the pics don't catch your eye. Feel into their energy. I know this feels hard through an app, but I do believe someone's words and smile can tell you so much about a person. Please don't make judgments based on their star sign. Although we learnt last week that that was just me, so my bad. (laughs) If they're looking for something casual, this is a big one. They can state it. They can clearly state it in their profile. If they've stated looking for something casual and you're not, don't swipe for them. They're being honest with you, believe them. For every 10 left swipes, try and swipe right for someone you wouldn't usually swipe for. And I mean, look, what is the worst thing that could happen? A match doesn't actually lock you into anything. Okay, so that is swiping sorted. Let's talk chatting. So you've swiped consciously and you've made a match. Woo! That little rush of serotonin hits. And now it's time to open up the conversation. Here are my top tips when it comes to chatting on the apps. Do open up conversation with a match. So often we match and then don't take it any further. And I get it, but it's not a mindful way to be using the app. If you're using it with intention, the right thing to do is engage in conversation. So start with, what is my intention? It's good to get clear about the purpose of conversing through an app. My personal intention is always super clear. I'm searching for three main things. One, do we have a similar sense of humor? Two, Are we going to have enough in common and enough differences to have things to talk about if we meet? Three, are we here for the same reasons? 
Your intentions could be completely different from mine, and that is fine as long as you're clear on what they are. When you're not, you can spend countless hours going back and forth without really getting anywhere. Use chatting on apps to move you forward in some way. Not to go for days asking how their weekend was and where they plan to travel on their next overseas trip. Well, probably local national trip these days, but to figure out whether or not this is the kind of person you want to meet in the flesh and share, you know, a drink, a meal, a first kiss with. Open the conversation with more than just a hi, howdy, or hello. It offers absolutely nothing for them to work with. Personalize your opening line by taking something from their bio or their pics. Refrain from a sea of emojis. It's not clever or funny. Ask a question. This is super important. If you're going to open up conversation, make sure you open up conversation. So by asking a question, it leaves it open for them to respond. Inject your personality into your response. If you're funny, insert some wit. If you're not funny, absolutely don't force it. Just make sure you're coming across in your responses. Also know this, you might not receive a response and it says absolutely nothing about you and what they think of you. They don't know you. It's likely they dropped into a swiping frenzy in a moment of boredom and you were collateral. If they don't respond, they're not the one for you. Thank you. Next. Ask questions that you want answers to. This is your opportunity to find out whether or not you have enough in common to warrant sharing a drink or meal with them. Essentially, what you're looking for is value alignment. You can be very subtle about finding this out, but this is your opportunity to gently peek into what their values are and see if they align with the ones you established in episode five of this podcast. Don't let app chat go on forever and ever. I personally have a two to three day limit and then it's about setting up a date. We're not looking for pen pals. In my new book, Higher Love, I give you specific openers and topics to broach during chats to get the most out of the experience. But it's really important that even if you use them for inspiration, that you're still injecting your own personal vibration into the mix. To order a copy of my new book, Hi Love, you can click the link in the show notes of this episode or head to jordanalevine.com forward slash books. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, so if you've used your chat time wisely, you'll be shifting the conversation towards setting up a date, if they haven't already. We'll explore the ins and outs of the first date in a later episode, but let's do a quick run through of what type of dates are good to move on to from the apps and the pros and cons of each. First of all, we have the coffee date. 
Now, the pros of a coffee date. It'll usually take place during the day. Uh, it requires little effort, requires minimal time, and it, it truly, it's an easy transition from strangers to let's get to know each other. The cons of a coffee date, it can feel a little bit like a test run, aka not committal at all. Um, could be a sign of a cheapskate, only wants to fork out for a $4 latte. <laughs> I personally don't love the coffee date, but if I'm not sure about someone, it is a good way to not get stuck at drinks or dinner. It's a good, it's a good I'm not sure date. If you're asked on a coffee date, don't take it as a bad sign at all. People understandably can just be a little bit wary of jumping straight in. Secondly, we've got the meat for a drink date. Pros. Well, there's a drink involved, so alcohol does settle the nerves, but you know, so does meditation, so pick your poison. Drinks have the potential to lead to dinner. It's not as all in as dinner, but it still says, I'm invested in spending time with you. Cons. It's a little more of an investment, time-wise and also financially. It requires putting effort into your appearance. Well, I mean, that's up to the individual, isn't it? But I always get a little bit dressed up for a drink date. It can be harder to exit as swiftly as the coffee date. And also, if you're not a drinker, it can raise questions that you might not be ready to answer just yet. Lastly, we have the shall we grab dinner date. Pros, a dinner date usually means they're pretty keen. It's a good sign. They also don't mind spending money on you. Dinner gives you a chance to find out if they love or hate coriander. <laughs> Hashtag make or break. I dated a guy for five years who hated the stuff and I'll never do that again because I'm obsessed with it. It maketh a Mexican or Vietnamese meal. Cons. It's a commitment. Dinner is a little bit of a commitment. If you decide in the first 10 minutes that you're not into them, well, you've got to sit through three courses maybe depending on how much you're ordering. And then, you know, there's always that payment dance at the end, which can always be a little bit tricky on the first date. We talk about that in detail in a couple of episodes. Here are some other date suggestions if you're meeting someone off an app. Go for a walk. I know that uh, people in Victoria did this a lot during lockdown, which we're going to talk about next week. But the walk day is good. It's active. It's usually free. Just make sure that you're not walking through dense bush and that you feel safe. And I always advise people to tell at least one person where you are. Also a good idea to make sure that where you're walking has phone reception. Dessert date. This is fun. I love a dessert date. It can be done in the day or the night. Um, it could be enjoyed walking or sitting. It's very versatile, the dessert date. I like it. See what you think. And then the last one is the markets. I actually love a date at the farmer's markets. It has food. Um, it usually has some live music if you're lucky. There's coffee. You can usually sit down on the grass in the sun. It's a really nice way to get to know someone. Okay, look, we're going to move off the apps and into meeting people in the wild. But before we do, I want to tell you about this little app experiment I asked the women to take part in. It's a 14-day app experiment, and it's a mini version of the 30-day experiment I encourage you to do in my book, Higher Love. 
I have to point out that Beck didn't take part in this experiment because at the time she had just entered into the second Victorian lockdown, which was the stage four lockdown, and we didn't think it was fair play for her. However, because Beck is a superhuman power woman, she actually went on several dates during stage four lockdown, and we'll hear more about them in the next episode. If you'd like to give it a go, here is the 14-day app experiment. Get a pen and paper. You might need to write this down. Remember, this is just an abridged version of the 30-day app experiment in the book, which you can order via the link in the show notes or via my website, jordanalevine.com forward slash books. One, create an honest bio that reflects your personality. We learned how to do that in last week's episode. Two, choose recent pictures. No filters, one full body shot, and few selfies, as few as you can manage. Three, don't swipe mindlessly. Read profiles and examine pics. Four, see if you can feel into their energy. I know it can be hard on an app, but just try it out. Five, every day swipe right for at least one person you wouldn't usually swipe right for. And you can judge what that's based on, but I want you to try and swipe outside your comfort zone. Six, dedicate 10 minutes a day for swiping and then stay out of the app for the rest of the day. Seven, I want you to instigate conversation with every single match you make. Even if you see the match and go, oh, yeah, no, I don't know, I'm not sure now. There was that initial moment where you wanted to swipe for them, so I want you to instigate conversation with them. Eight, use your chat time wisely. Nine, see if you have aligned values. 10, notice what happens to your personal vibration when you're conversing with them. Now I know it's early stages, so no judgment, you're just observing how your personal vibration shifts. 11, if you would like to take it further, initiate a date. 12, once a date has been set, exchange phone numbers. The app has served its purpose and it's time to hop off it. Here's what happened when Courtney and Phoebe put this experiment to the test. On the dating apps, I actually gave myself more time to spend on there and actually read and look into the people more rather than just aimlessly swiping. So I said yes to more people that I wouldn't normally. And I had some more success too. And people actually asked me out on dates, which never really happens. Woohoo! Success! Remember, Courtney would often match but never get asked out when using the apps. So I asked her what had changed. Oh, just that I was trying to get to know them more by looking further into their profile and understanding them a bit better before just passing them by. Phoebe didn't really stick to the experiment, but she did notice a change in her dating life overall since shifting her personal vibration. (laughs) I've actually found since doing all this personal vibration, even off the apps, I've just had more interest in me in general. Mm. It's funny. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I said the same thing to Jordana last time. I said just exes have come out of the woodwork. Like people have come Stop out of the woodwork. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what is yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. Suddenly I'm f- meeting guys who um, 
are mutual friends with friends of mine. I'm like, how have you never mentioned this person? This is ridiculous. (laughs) This is a strong personal vibration, folks. It makes you into a love magnet. So let's take this magnetism out into the wild, starting with strangers. Strangers has such a weird and creepy connotation, but the truth is a stranger is just someone you haven't met yet. It's as simple as that. So when you meet someone out at a bar or at your local coffee shop, they are essentially a stranger until they're not. I'm not going to give you the blow-by-blow of meeting a stranger like I did for the apps. I don't think it's necessary. The magic of engaging with a stranger comes down to widening your energetic field, being open to people outside the confines of the social circles in which you move, not only increases your chances of meeting someone, it also exposes you to people you wouldn't necessarily encounter, just like the apps do. Let's hear from Beck, who much prefers the idea of meeting people organically, mostly because of the opportunity to get a read of their energy. I love meeting people organically out and about, and I think you get a better read of people's energies when you meet them at a pub or at a bar or at a social gathering than you do through your mobile phone and through screen. I think we're such intuitive beings and, and being physically present really helps for us to gauge and, and pick up on that. Uh, I don't have a problem with meeting strangers in places. Um, I think it's a great thing. So how do we increase our chances of being approached by a stranger? In my opinion, it all comes down to smiling more, holding eye contact, introducing yourself and being plain old-fashioned friendly. Not only does this widen your energetic field, as I just mentioned, but it also strengthens your personal vibration. Bonus! I asked Phoebe if she had a story she could share with us about connecting with a stranger. Actually, on the weekend, um, we we sort of went to a house party that got crashed by like some football team, um, some like local football clubs, um, and they all came. And there was a guy there that I'd never seen before, and my friend was like gunning it for him, like jumping on him, like she was just so excited. And he was just like pushing her off. And anyway, she sort of got bored and got over it. And later in the night, he sort of came up to me and was like, "Oh, you know, I've been interested in you all night," and you know. It, when I sort of like sobered up in the morning, I was like, he's not like for me, he's very different. But it was just like really nice, like just randomly connected with someone that I wasn't expecting to. I'd never seen him before. He wasn't from the area. It was just nice. Phoebe mentioned the old sobering up the next day, which made me ponder whether liquid courage is necessary when building up the confidence to talk to strangers. I asked Phoebe if she could talk to a stranger without the crutch of alcohol. If I really put my mind to it and I thought, you know, this is something I've got to do, I'd do it. But if it was my choice, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> so if strangers feels a little too far-fetched, what about being set up by a friend? If you really want to know what a friend thinks of you, ask them to set you up with someone. I've been on several blind dates that have been set up by friends. And in most cases, I have to say, it's been somewhat insulting because let's be frank, the number one reason a friend sets you up with another friend is that you're both single. Oh, I know just the guy slash gal for you, they say. 
You two are so similar. But look, don't let me put you off because most surveys you come across online that attempt to work out the most successful way of meeting a significant other all come back with through friends. I asked Courtney if she'd ever been set up by friends. I have been set up by friends and I actually prefer it because they've put some thought into it and they know the other person is interested to meet someone and they think that will align. So I've actually been really hopeful when when I do meet someone because of that reason. I always feel like it's going to go somewhere. I've said to my friends on numerous occasions, please set me up with someone. Do you know anyone? I personally feel like I've met all my friends' friends. Phoebe agrees. I feel like all these people meet these great guys through their friends. I know all the guys my friends know. Yeah, unless they're hiding this like bank of great guys. I asked Beck what the benefits of a friend set up are over the apps or meeting a stranger. I think there's already a comfort level and a familiarity that you have, which allows you to kind of just relax and know that there isn't as much stranger danger when it comes to being set up. And what about blind dates set up by friends? Courtney says she could never. God, I would be so scared to do a blind date. Dating's hard enough as it is, rocking up to the restaurant, making sure you connect eyes with the right person. Is that them? Okay. Um, just the whole nervous energy throughout a whole day, let alone a blind date, not even knowing what they look like before you meet them. Oh. And Beck has got a tale to turn you off blind dates for good. I have had one horrible date story. It was a completely blind date. I said yes solely based on the attributes that were described to me, which sounded promising. It was that he was a generous person. He had similar interests to me. He, he loved to surf. He loved photography. He loved music, highly creative, was someone that, you know, was kind and generous and fun. When I got to the date... He was anything but those things. He was actually quite judgmental. He called Sydney people trash. Um, he called everyone trash. To, and I actually had to leave after 20 minutes. It was, it was the sh- world's shortest date I had ever been on. We were at a pub. He said he would be the one with the book, which I thought, great, he reads. That's so rare these days. And when I got there... It, He wasn't a warm person. There was just something very cold and rigid about him. And honestly, I would have rather been alone in my apartment, sat watching really bad TV, daytime TV at that, than have to do that again. Okay, so what sort of friend set up this horrendous date? It was set up by a work colleague who I think had the best intentions but executionally fell far short we have very different personalities that just did not gel so I think sometimes couples in relationships think that it's as simple as putting two pandas in a cage and praying for the best but I think the thing that people need to remember is that pandas do not mate in captivity Beck is a shining example that you probably shouldn't say yes to every awkward setup your friends attempt because they feel it's their civic duty to get you off the market. It's about accepting invitations to friends' barbecues, 
dinner parties and impromptu gatherings, knowing that you are widening your energetic field by meeting new people. When you're surrounded by people your friend likes for one reason or another, this generally, though not always, let's be honest, means that you'll feel a connection with them too. If you still need convincing, how about these good points? Group settings take the pressure off big time. Hopefully your friends have good taste in friends. I mean, they're friends with you after all, and you're pretty great. You might just make another great friend. And did you know that a huge percentage of relationships start as a platonic friendship? And then lastly, it gets you off the apps. Woo! But look, you love those anyway now, don't you? Okay, before we wrap up this episode, let's rattle off some other ways to land a hot date. Do more of the things you love. Not only does this strengthen your personal vibration, but it will put you in the field of people with similar interests. Volunteer. I actually love this one. It's a great way to meet someone with similar values to yours. Borrow a puppy. Or, I mean, look, you might even have one already, but borrow a dog and head to the dog park. It is a magnet for meeting people. Attend a singles event. Okay, I know that singles events can be a little bit naff, but they are getting cooler. And if online dating makes you cringe because you'd like to be able to read someone's energy, then I kind of think singles events are the IRL equivalent of an app. And then lastly, do things solo, which seems a little bit counterintuitive, but, you know, go and work from a busy cafe or go out for a drink on your own. It's a great way to strike up a conversation with strangers. Try to keep your face out of your phone though. No one will come over to you if you're buried in your phone and make sure you smile at people. I am so excited for you to go out and try everything we've discussed over these past two episodes. Remember, if you want to land a hot date, you have to be actively dating. How you go about it is up to you. But sitting at home and fantasizing about dating or complaining about not being able to meet someone is not going to get you any closer to a higher love. The other thing I want you to keep coming back to through the whole experience is your personal vibration. It will be your guiding light through the entire journey to not only make you braver, but more open and keep you aligned with your authenticity. In next week's episode, we're talking about dating in the time of COVID. Yes, restrictions have started to lift all across Australia, but dating culture has shifted. And well, the rest of the world isn't even almost in the clear. The women walk us through what it was like to date during lockdown and some of the silver linings they managed to take away from it. Then in the penultimate episode of the podcast, how did we even get here? We're going to talk about the first date the do's and don'ts, and how you can feel confident that you'll get the most out of it. Plus, this wouldn't be a dating podcast if we didn't address the dating phenomenon of ghosting. That's all to come in the next few weeks of Higher Love. If you want to dive deeper into dating and receive all of my tips and tricks, plus a bunch of scripts to help you on the dating scene, then make sure you order a copy of my new book, Higher Love available through the link in the show notes of this episode or via my website, jordanalevine.com forward slash books. 
As always, if you found value in this episode and you'd like to share it with your friends, take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Jordana Levine or leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Until next episode, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Higher Love. 